Hilchus Talmud Torah, Perik Dal Lach Aleph. Aim Lamdin Torah. We don't teach Torah. Ella Talmud Hagu No Myself, except to a student who is appropriate and acts correctly. Or the Sam, or at least somebody who we don't know how he acts. Avli Mihoya Hilch B'Dalach If we know, however, that he's going in the wrong path, not following the ways of Torah. So we cannot give him the benefit of the doubt because we know when you see what he does. We must first bring him back to the right path and have him conduct himself in the right direction. And then we uh, scrutinize him. And afterwards, after we're certain he's, he's, he's back in the right direction, we bring him back to the Bismedrash. And then we can teach him Torah. Whoever teaches Torah to an improper student, it's as if he threw a stone to Marculius, which is an uh, idol over here translated as Mercury, that was worshipped by having stones thrown at it. Shinamad says, Evan, like one who winds a stone, in a sling, so too is one who gives a fool honor, a foolish person is somebody who does not follow the Torah. Ain covet al Torah, and the covet refers to Torah. Shinamar covet honor chachamin chalu, the wise will inherit. So therefore, we see that you're not allowed to teach um, Torah to somebody who is not appropriate, who does not deserve the honor of Torah, because he acts foolishly, not in accordance with Torah, and doing so is like throwing a stone to this avidazara. A teacher who just begins to not go in the proper path of following Torah, even though he's a great Talmud Chacham, everyone needs his services because he's, let's say, an expert in a certain area of Torah and it becomes very relevant. We do not learn from him until he returns to the right path. Shemar says, because the lips of the Kayin. They will guard wisdom. And there in Torah you shall seek from his mouth. Because he is a Malach of Hashem, an angel of Hashem. If the angel, if the, if the teacher is, is impeccable in his conduct, following Torah like an angel, then you should learn Torah from him. But if not, then do not learn Torah from that individual, even though he's very academically astute. That the halacha base. Kate, what's the proper format? What's the proper format and formality of learning? The teacher sits at the head of the group. The students surround him in a semicircle. So everyone sees everyone. So everyone should see the teacher and hear him. This teacher should not sit on, the, on a chair while the students sit on the ground. They should all sit on the ground so they're all on the same level. So everyone on chairs. Initially, in the olden times, this teacher would sit and all the students would stand. Sometime prior to the destruction of the second Mishnah Mikdash, the custom became to teach the students while they're sitting on the ground. If the student, excuse me, if the teacher taught directly to the student, that's how he should teach, if he wants to. If he would teach based on a, with the help of a interpreter, the metargim, the metargim's job was to uh, ensure the teacher should not have to scream too loud so that he would say it in a regular voice, and the, and the metargimman, the interpreter would say it much louder to everyone else so that the teacher should not exhaust himself. Alternatively, another explanation is, is that this teacher usually spoke in 
Hebrew, Lashon Kodesh, and the interpreter would say, speak in Aramaic, which is the, la- the language of the common folk in the times of the Gemara. Another possibility is the teacher was so brilliant, and he was uh, able to comprehend the deepest things and think of the, new, the, the most brilliant Chedushim, but he wasn't able to explain it to the common folk. Uh, the Meturgamon was not smart enough to think about these ideas on his own, as the teacher was. However, he was able to understand them once the teacher would say them. He was also able to take these ideas and explain them to the common folks. He was like a middleman between uh, the teacher and the, uh, the, the common folk, much like Moshe Rabbeinu was between Hashem and the Jewish people. So if, that, if the teacher used a metorgamon, an interpreter, he would stand between the teacher and the students. The teacher would say the lesson, the concept to the interpreter. And the interpreter then enables everyone to hear it. All the students can hear what he's saying. Uh, he says it over to the students. When they ask the question to the interpreter, the interpreter in turns. In turn, asks the question to the, to the teacher, and the teacher answers the question to the interpreter, and the interpreter answers the, stu- the, uh, the asker, the student, the questioner. And the teacher should not raise his voice louder than the interpreter. When the interpreter interp- uh, asks a question, uh, to the to, to the teacher, be, on behalf of the students, he should not raise his voice louder than the the teacher. And all, again, these are all ways that the, that the teacher and the interpreter honor each other. Of course, when the interpreter says the lesson over to the students, he should raise raise his voice. That may in fact be possibly one of his purposes is to say it loud enough for the whole entire study hall to hear. To hear, so the rav shouldn't have to scream. Hey, the interpreter is not allowed. to add, subtract, detract, or change anything from what the principle of what the teacher says. Unless the interpreter was the father or teacher of the teacher of the current lesson. Definitely an interesting arrangement, but that was possible. If the, if the, if the teacher says to the spokesman, to the interpreter. So said my teacher. So said my father, my teacher. When the, when the interpreter says the matter over to the, to the, to the study hall, to the people, he says the actual name of the original sage. And he mentions the name of the father of the... Uh, of the of the teacher or the teacher of the teacher, and he says, so said so and so by name. Even though the teacher did not mention the actual name of the person who is the originator of the idea, and we said the maturgaman is not allowed to change anything. Uh, still here, it's permitted. Because the person is not allowed to call his teacher or his father by his name, and therefore, that's where the interpreter is allowed to say change and say the actual name. So, for example, the Gemara says, when the son of Rav Ashi would say, "My father said such and such," the interpreter would not say, "His father said such and such." Rather, he would say, "Rav Ashi says such and such." If the teacher is teaching and the students do not grasp the lesson, you guys, you should not get angry and upset with them. He should be willing to repeat the matter many times. Until they understand the matter in its, matter in its proper depth. The student should not say, I, hope, I comprehend it. When he really does not comprehend it. 
He should ask again multiple times until he gets it. As if the teacher does get angry at him, my teacher, I must learn it. But that my mind is weak. So this is the way. This is the way he deals with the teacher getting angry at him by by placating his teacher in this this way. A student should not be embarrassed because his friends who are smarter than him they grasp the lesson the first or second time. And he only learns it after several times. If this causes him embarrassment, he's going to come and go from the base medish. He won't learn anything because he's embarrassed to ask someone to explain it to him. The earlier sages declared in this regard, a person who is embarrassed will not learn because he won't ask it to be explained to him. On the same vein, someone who is short-tempered cannot, really, cannot teach because he's not going to have the patience to repeat it more than once. Where do you want to apply that the rabbi should not get angry at the students? If they do not understand the matter because of its depth, because their understanding is minimal. If the teacher can discern, they are becoming lazy regarding Tayyid. And they're getting lax about it. That's why they don't understand. Then he has an obligation to get angry at them, to display anger at them. Chastise them or shame them with his words. In order to sharpen them, motivate them to move them in the right direction to apply themselves properly. In this vein, Archacham said, cast fear onto the students. They should be willing to uh, motivate to, to apply themselves. Discipline them. Therefore, in order, because this is necessary, the students take this matter seriously. This, the teacher should not conduct himself in a Light-headed, frivolous manner in front of his students. Nor to joke in front of them. Not to eat and drink with them. They should have a, a, a reverence for him. And learn quickly from him because they take very seriously his preference that they learn, you know, the sooner the better. You don't ask the teacher a question when he comes into the base medrash. Until he settles down and settles his mind. The student should not ask a question as soon as, soon as he comes into the base medrash until he can sit down again and rest so that he can pose the question properly. Two people should not ask a question at one time. The teacher should not be asked the question about a topic that he's not studying at the moment or talking about at the moment. Rather, the only questions should be asked are on-topic questions. So the teacher should not be embarrassed regarding not knowing the not being able to concentrate on the answer. The teacher has a right to try and trick the students by asking trick questions. With my if they have a right to do by doing things in front of them to get them to see whether he, he to, to test them as to whether they notice what he's doing is seems to be correct or incorrect. To sharpen them. To see if they remember what they're studying, or they're not, or they don't remember. Needless to say, she has the right. He's allowed to ask them regarding a different topic. They are not studying in order to to spur them, to sharpen them, to see if they remember everything. So even though you cannot ask a teacher something that is not the subject matter of the day, but the teacher may ask the student something which is not subject matter of the day. You don't ask a question standing up. You don't answer a question standing up. They should both be sitting down. 
nor from a high place, nor from far away. It's not respectful. nor from behind the elders. The way they would sit in the base medrash, there were people, different uh, levels of people, and the elders were at a certain place to sit. From behind them to ask the teachers, not not respectful. It's like asking from far away. But you only ask the teacher the concept that you're studying, as we said in the previous halacha. Um, meaning, not only should it be, for example, Hilcha Shabbos, if you're learning Hilcha Shabbos, but if you're learning a certain malacha, Hilcha Shabbos, only be in that malacha, not a separate malacha. The Ein Shailin, you only ask the question uh, from, a, uh, from, a, from a place of reverence. You shouldn't ask more than three halachas in one lecture because it's not respectful to the other students, and you're not going to be able to grasp three new concepts, more than three new concepts. Two people ask a question at the same time. Who gets priority? If one person asks on topic and one asks off topic, you give priority, you pay attention to the one who asks on topic. If one is relevant to practical halacha behavior and one is not practical halacha relevant, you pay attention to the one who is practically relevant halacha. Halacha midrash, if one is benigayat um, to actual halacha lemaisa and one is more about um, academically, you pay attention to the one who is asking halacha lemaisa. Midrash in this context means someone who is asking a question by interpretation of the words of the Torah. It may have halachic relevance, but the other person is asking a direct halachic shayla. So you, you, you apply precedence to the direct halachic shayla, even though the question about interpretation of the verses of the Torah, of the Torah could also have practical relevance, but the direct halachic shayla is more directly related to, halach, to, to practical action. Immediate necessity. If one person is asking about how to understand a Pasuk and Torah, and one person is asking about the general ethical teaching, you pay attention to the one that's asking about how to interpret the verses of Torah, the verses of Torah because that's more luckily relevant. If one person is asking about Agada, the other person is asking about how to because even though both are not but a Kavachemer could have relevance more than Agada. Two questions, one about the Kavachemer, one about Xer Shava, two words in the Torah that are equal, and how do you compare them and learn out the context of one based on the other? You pay attention to the Kavachemer, because even though, um, even though the person is, um, both, both of them are, 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 are relevant to, to deriving halacha, but the Kavachemer has more practical halacha relevance. If the two the two questionnaires questioners one was an older chacham one was a student we pay attention to chacham because he deserves more honor it's a student and a common folk we pay attention to the student because he deserves more honor than than, than the common folk both uh, scholars. They're both students. They're both common folk. Or they're both asking or two things which are not halachically relevant um, uh, regarding something which is previously discussed or both are concerning questions that are um, or, or uh, they both are asking if, so if, if both people are asking questions regarding halacha lamaisa, whether they both want to answer to something that has been discussed, they want to comment on something that has been discussed earlier, or they're both asking questions that are halacha lamaisa, 
the interpreter has the, the uh, discretion who to give priority to. We do not sleep in a base medrash in a study hall. Whoever sleeps in, whoever dozes off in a base medrash, his wisdom is torn to shreds. Drowsiness will clothe a man in rags. The aim of Sikhan Bes Medesh, you don't speak idle talk in a base medrash, only words of Teda. Even if somebody sneezes in Emil Rafu, we don't say to him, Gesundheit, or bless you, base medrash in the base medrash. We need to say, other discussion is forbidden. The Kedusha of a base medrash exceeds that of a base of a shul.